Welcome into Jets Nation Radio, sponsored by Betway. Make sure you like and subscribe to Jets Nation Radio so you never miss a podcast. Welcome into Jets Nation Radio. I'm Angus Hout. As always, be sure to check out the latest NHL odds with online sportsbook Betway. They should uh, send me a new line because the <laughs> NHL's over for the season. I mean, congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights and the five Manitobans who uh, wa- walked away with the cup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was that? That, in your opinion, that's probably the worst Stanley Cup Finals we've seen in ever. I don't know. Like it was, it was kind of. It was like it's had so much potential, and I think that the reason why people don't think it was that good is just like Florida was just too injured to really keep up with Vegas to begin with. So it had so much potential to be like a team, uh, like a matchup of teams that never won the Stanley Cup, but. Ultimately, it kind of fell through on the entertainment factor. Yeah, uh, just the way it goes. But it's kind of funny that uh, Vegas ended up winning it in five when they lost in five to Washington all those years ago. So, I mean, good good for them for finally winning. Uh, one of the old guys that works at the, the radio station I'm at comes into the, my office like, Angus, it's a great day because they're one of those guys going to walk into here and we're going to be able to touch the Stanley Cup. And they just disappeared into the ethos. But I'm like, there's a good chance I get to see the Stanley Cup this summer. So I guess I'm kind of glad Vegas <laughs> won. <laughs> Only if if I see the cup. Otherwise, that I'm going to be kind of miffed about it and complain that the Jets yeah. lost to the Stanley Cup champions. So do you watch any of that parade or see any of the highlights from it? Uh, No, but I did see uh Aiden Hill like he was like singing at like a club or something like that and like kind of like those kind of individual clips but they seem to really be enjoying the moment oh yeah uh i think it was chandler stevenson like just couldn't get out a coherent sentence like just skipping words like it was rough it was so funny to see but yeah good for those boys pulling off a win and I, it sucks that vegas won because they don't know hardship and they never will but i mean uh, yeah We'll expect what? to see the cup in Vegas for a long time is what I'm thinking here. Yeah. Only in our dreams will, or many years down the road, will Vegas have to actually go through some adversity and not make the playoffs for a couple years at least, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, one year, to, or only missing the playoffs once in six years, unreal. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the NHL starts kind of throwing some extra clauses into some of these con or uh, into like ownership contracts, you know, you got to pay a little bit more money because of the tax brackets, especially, you know, Canada versus a place like Vegas where, you know, you got the strip, you got everything of Vegas plus no, no state tax. And is there an income tax down there? I have no clue, but okay. all I know is that Vegas probably has some better tax systems and more favorable to the players than if they were to play in Canada. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, eventually that was going to start catching up because, you know, young guys are going to be like, well, I can actually save a ton of money playing, you know, Arizona in the southern states minus California. So, I don't know. I kind of hope that the NHL throws something, some kind of tax system into it just to help out some of these northern places because, yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, it might be a little harder to do that, but... It like ultimately like for the better of the game to make it more like the UFA market more competitive. I feel like it definitely could be something, but it may just be kind of a fever dream at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, 
let's get into the real talk here. Uh, RFA contracts that need to be signed this season, not Pierre-Luc Dubois, because we know he's not signing here. Uh, we got uh, Morgan Barron, Kevin Stanlin, Samberg, and Logan Stanley. Uh, Twelve. J- the Jets also have $12.9 million in cap space. Uh, who gets paid the most and whose rights get signed away? Uh, I got to think that Sandberg probably gets the biggest deal because they're probably going to want to lock him up like longer term than most do of those you, other guys. So do you think I like think... they would go like do an eight year with Sandberg, like just with all no. the potential? No, I think like, I think all those people on the list, like I don't think any of them get more than like four years just because like they're still kind of rookies and unproven talent and like you don't know what the finished product is going to be. So you don't want to pay Sandberg eight years and not have him improve upon this season. So I think I could see Sandberg getting like a four year deal, but I feel like most of these players are probably going to be taking that one to maybe three year deal, depending on how much the Jets want to give them. So I think it has to be between Sandberg and Barron, but I think just because Sandberg plays defense and defense only has a few finite amount of positions and forwards have more than double. I feel like Sandberg is probably going to get the bag over Baron. It's just double. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. There's only six D man and 12 forward. You're a numbers and... guy. You're making. <laughs> uh, so don't trust anything financial from Ray. That's what we're saying. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, who... Okay. So if you could choose to have one guy long-term between Baron and uh, Sandberg, who are you signing? Like, I guess, obviously, it would be uh, Sandberg if I'm reading between the lines here. <laughs> Holy. Um, how much I would, would you, how, I... like, what, like, what was, what's the dollar you would pay Morgan Barron today if you could, like, make that contract happen? I'd probably give him, like, a three-year deal around, like, two to 2.5 million. Kind of right. like, Ooh. yeah. Like, see, if I... it's a two-year deal, I could see it being probably less, like, maybe around, like, one point, like, the high ones. But, like, I'd almost want to sign him to that three-year deal to just be that perfect third-line guy. And for Sandberg, ideally, like, I'd do, like, a four-year deal somewhere in between two to three million, depending on that. But, like, ultimately, again, like, you got to see where his fit is long-term. Like, if they're trading out one of the Dillons, like, I'm not signing him to a four-year deal if one of the Dillons is still going to, or both Dillons are still going to be there. So, or like they don't, or they're intending to keep both of the Dillons. So if there's no, if there's going to be no major change on the defense, I'd say maybe two to three years on Sandberg for around the same as Baron. Really? Just that low one and a half, $2 million. See, and I I could almost, if you could move out one of the Dillons, I would almost justify having Sandberg here for like, five years at four million bucks a pop and i mean like that first year is probably going to be a sloppy year like a year you know you get that sophomore slump that's going to happen but i bet you years two to five you're going to look like the smartest gm in the league signing a guy like sam for four years four or five years at four million bucks a pop yeah that's the that's the thing like those types of contracts like ultimately when you sign them you're like betting on the player and you really want the contract to look good But ultimately, again, like those are the contracts that are risk versus reward, where if that first year is a rough year and you don't really see that kind of improvement or kind of expansion on his game, like four million, like if we're paying the same Sandberg that we have now and we have that same Sandberg for those five years, 
that contract is not going to be looking the greatest. Like, but Sanford's he's going to get better. Bad... Yeah, he's going to get better, but like, how much? Like, ultimately, you could sign him to like a two-year deal, paying like two million bucks for two years, and then. But when... then you're then you're stuck paying him eight million dollars a year. It's like, oh, you're not cool. paying Sandberg eight million dollars a year. You, would... No, you don't think that guy's gonna that guy's gonna be an elite top five defenseman you, in this league. I I will put a hundred dollars yeah. down right now, Ray, I... that this guy's oh. gonna be a top five defender. It's just gonna be. We're gonna be talking about a Norris candidate in Dylan Sandberg. Get him I for next to nothing. <laughs> Dude, I'm not even like off in my own world here. This is fact. He's gonna be a Norris. Norris candidate. Like as much as I want to believe that, I don't think that like I think the Jets are gonna use the system where they have Morsi at six point two five. So if Samberg gets that level, Samberg. If you're losing one of the Dillons, why not? Yeah, yeah, but like you like you have to like you don't sign a rookie defenseman for like eight years after seeing one season. Like you kind of want to see. Look at Leon Drysital. Leon Dreisaitl yeah. had, okay, two years in the league at that point, but he signed this super long deal. His first year sucked ass. Everyone forgets that. You have yeah. Leon Dreisaitl for eight schmill. Yeah, Peter but Shirelli's I think a dif- genius. I think the difference is Leon Dreisaitl was also the third overall pick, and Samberg was a rookie this year at, like, 23 years old, so... But I how do you that, how do you watch Dylan Sandberg and be like, yeah, no, that guy's not gonna obtain? I, it's not that it's not that I don't want to sign him long term. Is I think that there's like a balance between signing him to what you would ideally want to, like as much as I want to, like sign him eight years, like four million or maybe like four point five. But like that's a risky contract. You want to see what else he can but, bring. But if you're doing it for four years, four by four is an easy contract to swallow. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But, so, but I don't think years, Sam, yeah. I don't think Sandberg is going to make more than Morsi. No. I don't think yeah, so I don't think like if you sign him to that two year deal any or three year deal and he becomes like a capable top four defenseman that's like right behind Morsi and he goes for that next contract, like I don't think it's gonna be eight million dollars. It could probably be like a five point five and then the difference between that being like you're paying like the difference is like what, one million dollars maybe? But the cap always goes up. Right. So yeah. like he's obvious he is going to earn more by that point. By the time we get to 2027, if we do that four by four, he's and he's that capable number. I I still think that he is the Jets number one defenseman by the time we get to the end of his RF, but at uh, the end of this contract in four years, he would be the number one defenseman in the, uh, in this city. I don't, I think Morrissey is, I think you're kind you're, of underestimating. That's going to be a 27 that you like Morrissey's not going to regress that much. He had an all-star season for the first time ever. It's fantastic to see that, but Morrissey's going to be, you know, what 32 at that point, I think. And like Sandberg's going to be 27. They're just going to be, you know, one's going right into his prime. One's coming out of his prime at that point. Yeah. But I think that you forget that Morrissey had like 70 plus points was like third in scoring among defensemen. And I, I don't think yeah you have know, a or, one great year. I don't think Sandberg is that like point producing defenseman. I feel like Sandberg is going to be the defenseman that gets you like maybe thirty points, but just solid all around kind yeah, of. Yeah, well, you He's still gonna... need you still need to defend. You still need to pay your defensive defenseman. Those are one yeah. of the like those guys get forgotten every time to get paid. Like 
in all honesty, like Brandon Dillard should have been making as much as Neil Pionk. Like I would have been swapping those guys' salaries around. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so knock it off. But like, yeah, don't be paying guys be, like by their points. Like that's not how I'm going to be paying guys if I'm a GM. We discussed this last week. I'm a fan GM, so I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think one thing is like as much as you want to sign these play like like Baron like Baron or Samberg like eight years like I think that there is like that relationship where like players want to bet on themselves as well yeah to get that bag as well so yeah and I mean like Morgan Baron I could legitimately see like a two to three year contract and I would say two million bucks a year I yeah. think that would be fair for the him honestly I think he would probably try to go get Andrew Cop money maybe he'd be like I want three and a half four million dollars and. I could see it. He might even just take a one-year deal and just kind of be like, Hey, I'll stick around. I'll, you know, gentleman's contract on this. I'll come back, but I need to make sure that I get paid. And he's still like, he's hasn't played in full 82 game season yet. Has he, he took a, he missed a few games. So, you know, there is that working against him. He's a guy that the jets will need to sign long-term in the future. Yeah. Cause you can't lose a guy like Morgan Barron, unless again, you make an Andrew Cop trade and you know trade a couple of years down and you know yeah. watch that happen. But I hate I hate seeing that here in Winnipeg. Like we got to keep those guys around because Andrew Cop on this team would have just been phenomenal. Yeah, and we would. I think been... one thing about Sandberg though is I would be fine signing him to that long term deal on the condition that either Brendan Dillon or Dylan Demello is traded. So and I think you'd have to lose Brendan Dillon. I like yeah. Brandon Dillon. He's one of my favorite players on this team, but that's just a type of game that eventually wears out on a guy. And you don't want to have a, you know, a 35 year old Brandon Dillon, you know, suffering on your, uh, on long-term injury reserve or, you know, whatever like yeah. that. So I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. Sorry, Brandon Dillon. <laughs> it, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, Stenlin is he a jet next year I guess he's an RFA yeah. so probably I probably. think he'd probably take a one-year deal one year nine hundred thousand dollar yeah yeah that makes sense and Stanley he's I think he's the one that gets traded yeah yeah he's got to be a at least a piece in somebody's trade right yeah I think that if like with all four of the main jets that are going to get traded I think that like he might just be attached to one of those trades to kind of help out the value of the traders and like that. So, mm. yeah, he would definitely would like, I, I'm, I don't want to root for him on another team, but if he were to come into the jets organization next year and ends up, you know, as a third line guy, I really hope that he's taken that next step forward that he just got to practice all of last year. That's kind of yeah, what I'm then hoping what, for. Then, then what's happening to Heinola then? Oh man. <laughs> why and like we were talking a little bit this week about it like the draft with it's co it's coming up we'll talk more about it next yeah. week but you think that the jets are going to take a defenseman this year again i think that round? they like like as much as like that like they tend to draft the best player available i think that like looking at who they've drafted in the past like how many first rounds cole perfetti forward jazz lucius forward Brad Lambert forward, Rutger McGrody forward. It's like the last first round pick defenseman the Jets have is Heinola. So I think that they're probably going to look towards like we kind of spent a lot of our first round picks on Fords recently. 
But if there's a forward that they just can't miss, like, I don't know, like, someone who falls, like, obviously they're probably going to take them. But, like, there's going to be so many, like, forwards on this team that, like, sure, like, we have a good young prospect pool, but, like, we still have Ehlers, we still have Perfetti, we still have Connor. Like, not everyone is going to be carved into the top six. So I think that looking at a defenseman probably wouldn't be too like outlandish to think that they go for in the first round. Oh, look at you using that big old brain of yours. Uh, no, I totally agree. I didn't even think about it that way. So um, Elliot Friedman saying that Pierre-Luc Dubois is expecting between 8.75 million and one and 9.15. Uh, how much is con- uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois contract worth? What is he worth or what is he going to oh. sign for? What? Okay, let's let's get to one of those. Uh, uh, what's he actually worth? What do you think he's worth if you were the GM that got to sign that contract with him? I think he's worth kind of almost exactly what like the Suzuki contract is, like kind of like that middle, like in between seven five and eight mil. But like like he's a sixty three point center. He's obviously going to get better. We've talked about signing him long term in Winnipeg too, and like probably over that price too, like almost nine million dollars just because of the type of player he is and kind of how good he can be when he's on his game and just the physical presence. But I think that he's worth just below 8 million, but like not by too much. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I was just like, I, I, I think he's worth seven and three quarters, but yeah, that playoff experience or that playoff drive he has, that's uh, there's not much of a dollar yeah. amount that you can throw at that. So if you've got a playoff team, you might as well make it happen. You know what, L.A. for one year with Pierre-Luc Dubois, that might be pushing the L.A. Kings over the top and taking them to the Western Conference Finals against the Oilers next year. Um, What do you... I think he signs for 8.5. 8.5 on the low end. Yeah. Ooh. I I think, like, even though, like, Elliot Freeman said, like, that kind of range, like, ultimately, like, I think he's going to have to kind of drop a little bit from that just to kind of help with, like, say he goes to L.A. or Montreal or... The Rangers, like, ultimately, like, sure, he's going to want to get the bag. But, like, if he wants to go to that team, like, he's going to have to, like, there has to be, like, a little bit of leeway for him to fit. Because, like, like New York and L.A., like, they aren't, like, full, like, cap teams. Like, they, like, like there's going to probably have to be a contract coming back to the Jets in either of those trades. So, it's, like, I think he's going to have to... Be like, yeah, I wish I could get like nine million, but like, yeah, I guess I can settle for eight point five. How many cups of coffee do you have this morning, there, Ray? You dropped <laughs> to eighteen likes in that sentence alone. Yeah, <laughs> sorry to call you out right in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Greg I Rizzi- guess I do be like that. Yeah, I do be like that sometimes. Uh, Greg Wazinski, Rizzi- that is a hard. I can't do those. Uh, yeah, yeah, Russian and uh, Ukrainian names. Those are tough for me. Uh, Greg. Uh, had an NHL executive say the UFA class of this year is, quote, fucking awful. How much it, will that drive up the price of uh, the Jets' core four that are most likely being traded? I think that it definitely increases that value just because not a lot of top-end forwards are going to be available. You look at, like, what the best forward is. Like, who who's the best forward in the UFA market? Ryan O'Reilly, maybe? So yeah. not a lot of top end talent. So sure, the, it definitely drives up their value, but I wouldn't say it's like 
drastically increases it because ultimately teams are going to have to trade for that player rather than just sign them. So I think that it creates more like business, like more teams would be interested in these players because there just isn't the UFA market for it. But if anything, I hope that it creates the market for Blake Wheeler. So, Oh man, it would be like, I'm still heartbroken that we're going to end up losing that guy. Cause he's such a good, like he, he's not, he doesn't have those big flashy games anymore, but 60 points in 80 games, like, come on. Or it wasn't even that like, but basically two thirds of a point a night was where he's at. So you lose a guy like that and it sucks, but yeah, just the locker room just doesn't fit for him anymore. Do you think he's going to be a buyout kind of a guy or is there a trade out there? I think that the jets are probably going to be patient with it. Like we saw that OEL got bought out on the first day of the bio period. And there's probably a lot of other contracts like that, like Kaylor Yamamoto, maybe Matt Murray. I think the jets are going to be more patient with it and maybe wait till draft time and kind of wait to see if they get offers because Ultimately, if they get an offer for him where it's like even just like a fourth or fifth round pick, like that's better than buying him out because then you don't have to take on that salary. But ultimately, it's up to if they want the cap space this year because if they are having to retain 50% of his contract to just get rid of him for like a third round pick, maybe like that is less cap space if you just buy him out. But ultimately, then you would have that other year buyout. So it definitely depends on if they want the cap space this year or if they just like, yeah, I can retain 50% and get this so I don't affect the next year. Yeah. Well, it's only what, two seven five. I think it's two yeah. uh, $2.75 million to buy out Blake Wheeler yeah. for this year and next year, which is really not that bad. But the, Jet, the Jets have only ever bought out one other player, and that's Mark Stewart, and that was for pennies on the dollar. So... Yeah, but we also did see the Steve Mason that trade that ultimately did get bought out. So kind yeah. of that same kind of situation where it was a bad contract, but instead of buying it up themselves, they kind of traded assets so Montreal would do it. So yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I it where where do you send him technically though to eat up that contract? Arizona? I don't know. Like. That's the one thing that's going to be the most difficult is we've talked about it. He has that five team trade list and then everything else needs his approval. So it's like if you can't find something on those five teams and he's not willing to waive, I think the buyout is very likely to probably happen if they want to move on from Blake Wheeler. Yeah. And it it does need to happen. Like that's just a simple fact is you can't have Blake Wheeler in that locker room anymore, which is really unfortunate, but yeah. You yeah, gotta... the one thing that sucks is that even if they like I I remember this from when um Washington did a trade with I don't know who but they had Orpic in it and then they traded that person to another team. They got bought out, but then Washington then signed that player again. Oh. So, so one thing that kind of sucks is if the Jets buy out Wheeler, they can't just immediately be like, "Ayo Wheeler, take like a 1.5 million dollar deal." And kind of come back even though we just bought you out yeah yeah it's a, <laughs> can't really just pull off madness like that in the nhl and some guys kind of take offense to it too and they're like well i won't play there now because you bought me out um well that answers that question uh oh we have the first signing of the season the jets would sign fabian wagner 
Is he just another Euro Moose player who hangs out for a few years and then gets mad because he can't get any NHL time? Or do you think we have a 19-year-old superstar on our hands? I don't think he's a superstar, but like I think that we saw in the world, like the world juniors, like he like he was a six-round pick. Like there's not a lot of expectations on that type of a player. And he went out there and succeeded. He had like six points in seven games. And like when you have that type of player and you're like, yeah, like I didn't even expect him to get maybe two points and he comes out there with seven or like six points, like you can definitely see some like upside with him. He's a very responsible two way player. And he's just like a smart IQ and passer type guy. So I definitely see him kind of being almost like kind of what Axel is right now, kind of what he is. So, but maybe as a centerman and kind of more responsible as a kind of 200 foot player, but like that type of player could definitely be like that type of third, maybe fourth line player. Sweet. I like to hear that. Thank yeah. you for the prospect report on. But it's uh, definitely it's definitely not going to be like him coming in at twenty two. Like it definitely yeah. would be him coming in like twenty four years old. Some seasons with the Moose, he might even be in the in Sweden for like the next like three or like two three years. So, oh, he can really do depends. that with that contract. I think that next season he can go into Sweden, but I think the year after he might have to go to the Moose. I'm, I'm okay. not sure about that though. So it just gets loaned out or whatever. Yeah. Well, all the best to Fabian Wagner. Yeah, and uh, he's going to be at the, what's it called, like the prospect yeah. kind of thing that the Jets have in, in July. So That, and uh, then there's like the prospect weekend in uh, somewhere in British Columbia. Penticton? Yeah. Penticton. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I want to go out there one of these years, and so, yeah. yo, subscribe to this podcast because, you know, send us off to do cool things, you know. If you, if you tell your friends and family about us, they tell their friends about us, you know, that could be at least six new listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, actually, yes. Uh, you know, that's all the Jets questions we have. So I did do up a couple of fun questions for us. Uh, Ray, you're from Ontario. Why the Jets? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a short but long story at the same time, like, Back in, I think it was like 2018 when I was just like, like I was always into hockey, but like it just got into watching the NHL and kind of being a more consistent watcher and fan. And I wanted to like, I wanted to cheer for a Canadian team, but Toronto media was always so annoying. And I kind of wanted to have my own kind of team where I'm not picking that team because of like my friends that cheers for that team or something like that. So that eliminated Ottawa, Montreal, and Vancouver and then I kind of wanted something close by so then Edmonton and Calgary kind of got eliminated so then the Jets were doing really good that year that's the year that they got played against uh, Nashville I think in that or no but it was that year that like they almost won the yeah they went on that run yeah that that first run and like that's when I started watching them in the playoffs and it's just like ever since then it's just been kind of it hasn't been been always consistent but like as like as the year's gone on it's like i've gotten more and more invested in the team nice and Uh, now i'm on a podcast so and now you're on a podcast (laughs) it's fantastic Uh, um uh did you have a team growing up like in like uh the o or Uh, i I used to watch the the kitchener rangers a lot so okay so Danny Zilkin's on that team right now. So yeah. I never got to watch him this year, unfortunately. But I think that 
he had a pretty good year there. So, but they have always been kind of like a competitive team. So it's nice kind of going out and watching them play. Yeah, man. Like I'd love you, like WHL games for me. Just love them. It doesn't matter who's playing. It's just like they're just a rowdy, different game. Uh, what was the first or, yeah? Who's your favorite Jet right now? Right now? Yeah. Oh. I was not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, does it have to be a current jet? No, just whoever. Who's like well, that guy that you're just like, yeah, that's the guy I love. Uh, future jet Brad Lambert right there. Of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to pick like a current jet right now, it'd probably have to be Ehlers. Yeah, that's fair. Also, like we're, we're going through so much change with this yeah. team, so it's hard to have like a favorite jet. Yeah. Uh. What was your what was your dream job as a kid? Uh, I really wanted like I was I was always really into video games, so I always wanted to be like that designer or kind of like creating the games. But I didn't realize how much kind of work went into that. Like I know it's not being like an astronaut and like having to know all these different types of physics and stuff like that. But I'm not a very like I can use a computer, but I know there's a difference between being able to use a computer and being able to like code and like create an entire game so i don't think that i think my younger self would be like hey why aren't you doing that i'd, I'd be like hey it's a lot of work so <laughs> just ignore it don't do it buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah man if i could have told younger me that it's like yeah you get to talk about hockey and then like oh super easy lots of fun i was like dude you don't know how much work it is like you have to know numbers <laughs> but it's still like real cool it's like i know yeah it's fun yeah. talking hockey. I love, like, I'm not on the radio anymore, but the fact that I was on the radio, such a sweet gig. Now I'm in promotions and they just send me the stuff and they pay me. So, like, actually, yeah. I was this close to meeting Nickelback this week and then now I can't, but that's okay. I get to do fun radio things. <laughs> um, For $72,000 a year, which is just a little below the, uh, the average income of Canada, would you eat three sets of prairie oysters do you know what prairie oysters are i had to google it i i, I saw two <laughs> different ones one was like a shot and one was like bull testicles so bull testicles. yeah so three sets would you do that three sets like what's considered a set like a pair oh okay so, so you gotta three... eat six of them and i get a whole week okay yeah i'd probably do that yeah one a day more or less you get sundays off yeah, you just one a day, you just kind of eat it before bed or something like that. Just... <laughs> before bed? Wow, I don't know, man. just like, it's like, I don't know, like, Is... it's a, like, just a, like, 72,000 a year may not seem like, but it's like, you only have to eat six a week. So it's like, if it was like, if I had to do a pair every day, I think that I probably wouldn't do it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because like, okay, so recently... I've been taking uh, what's called lion's mane mushrooms to just help me focus on the day. And it tastes awful. Like there is nothing worse, but I've been forcing myself to do it. And it's like, you know what? It's been helping me with my brain and whatever. And I think I, if somebody were to pay me to do something gross, like eat something gross, I could do it. Just it's the first yeah. few days that you have to get over. And then you find out ways to prepare it. So it tastes slightly better. Yeah, I saw that it can get like deep fried and stuff like that. So yeah, obviously it's probably gonna taste like I don't know what it's gonna taste like. I've never had it before, 
but like they're not obviously good. they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna it's gonna not be as bad like there's definitely ways to make it like just like douse it in like ketchup or something yeah <laughs> ketchup <laughs> or something just like i have such an issue with ketchup man it's like one of those things unless it's like there's very few things i'm like yeah ketchup can go on that like uh my partner and i will just go after it because she'll like put ketchup on her pierogies and stuff it's awful uh-huh. and it's just like why would you do it she's like it's good it's like no that's a little kid condiment go find something better <laughs> <laughs> so yeah not even on my fries unless they're like specific fries like those thick uh thick fries like those steak yeah. fries those ones are the only ones worthy to get ketchup <laughs> maybe a little bit on my poutine as well uh what is the best cheese i'm not the like the biggest cheese you're not a cheese guy i'm not a cheese guy no ray you're missing is it because you're (laughs) lactose no it's just like i don't know i just never really what gotten into cheese i know it's weird but like it's like if someone like handed me a bar of cheese like i'm like bro i'm not eating that like, <laughs> a bar of cheese <laughs> bro my friend eats a bar of cheese and he just shreds who... it up and just eats the cheese yeah because it's delicious who calls it a bar of cheese though it's a block what or a the... block of cheese my bad <laughs> are you an alien this is, why, this is why i'm not a cheese guy oh yeah you're obviously missing out man like like i've been grilling lately i've been doing skewers and i've been like just different cheeses like get me a little hunk of like a uh, halloumi throw that bad boy on there on the barbecue mint so good <laughs> i can't a bar <laughs> of cheese buddy <laughs> maybe i should kick you off this podcast <laughs> i'll go back to rambling by myself <laughs> i'm just going over every single cheese flavor it's not even going to be a jess podcast anymore it's just going to be you talking uh, about cheese oh buddy yeah like i love me a good halloumi like yo you smoke them too? Like I've started smoking my own meats too. And so like when I'm doing that, I'll like throw some cheese in there. So I have like snacks through the day. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, like what, did you not enjoy grilled cheese as a kid? As a kid? No, I had grilled cheese. It's just like, I don't know. It just never was like my favorite thing. And just like when okay, you're so not like having it very often. You're okay. Just not... So like it's 2 a.m. You're stumbling home. What are you grabbing from the fridge to like just mow on real quick before you shut her down for the Saturday night? Uh, Probably like eating an entire bag of chips or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Maybe... What's, what's your favorite kind of chips? Definitely barbecue. Barbecue. Are we talking like spicy barbecue or just like good old Regular Lay's? Barbecue. Yeah. Ray, Lay's barbecue or something oh, like that. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. I'll give you that. Or like ruffles or something like that. Those are the two I mainly go to. Fair enough. I'll give you those ones. I won't rip you on that just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm a little disappointed there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is the greatest hockey movie or TV show? The greatest or it says great here. Like, okay. Okay. What's your, what's your favorite? Favorite definitely has to be the mighty ducks. The mighty ducks. Yeah. Like the first yeah. one, D two. Yeah, just D one's pretty good, but I think that D two was pretty good too. Yeah. I think I'd watch D two. D two, I like yeah. that. I'm all in on. And side. then another, but another like a really good one that's more kind of modern. I'd say is pretty good is Shorzy. Shorzy, I love Shorzy. Yeah. And we're getting yeah. season two here. Yeah. I don't know when, but I know we're getting season two. Goon, that was my. Oh, favorite. Goon's another one. Yeah. yeah, Sean. Oh man, just like, yeah, they're like the. You've got a pretty name. You got a pretty face. 
favorite line ever. I may have used it on uh, on a few girls, <laughs> and I'm so sorry to the women that I've used it on, but whatever. Now you know my secrets. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was definitely my favorite, I'm sure. Like, and Miracle is like the first one I ever watched. It's like, whoa, hockey's crazy. So, uh, and I know this one isn't on the list, so maybe you got to hold on to it. <laughs> is there one live hockey moment that you wish you were there for? Definitely the gold medal game in the 2010 Olympics. 2010. Oh man, what a moment! I was watching it on the TV. It was, it was just crazy. Like it was like an entire like I was only like eight years old then too. So it's like, like the amount of like I think that's what really sparked like me in the love of hockey and to be at that game in Canada and to win it. I think it would. I think it'd be priceless. Yeah, like I we did. So I went to church as a kid and like we, uh, the youth leader, uh, we crammed into his place and he had like this little downstairs condo. There was probably like 25 of us like crammed into his place just to watch it. And just the electricity amongst all the condo buildings, like you could feel the anticipation and you heard it throughout everything. Fantastic moment. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think there, I think that there's like, that's the right answer and i think almost every every other answer is probably wrong probably maybe (laughs) i think the only other acceptable answer is the 72 summit series if you could be in russia for that game eight yeah i don't i haven't watched that game so (laughs) oh dude you uh if you can ever find any documentaries on the 72 summit series that's some good stuff like you want to feel patriotic and like yeah we can kick the russians ass anytime that's the one like (laughs) good old canadian patriotism um i think it's roku channel uh they had a thing on don like they had the uh, don cherry thing that they had uh, cbc did like 15 years ago (laughs) oh uh, that's the same guy that plays shorzy uh as don and (laughs) just so good like like you know unfortunate way that don cherry left cbc and kind of like the plug the good public image but to just remember like how much of a troublemaker he was like even in the 70s and the 80s where he's just a goon out there on for the media i loved it so yeah yeah now we've talked about all of the great hockey properties uh ray that's all i've got this week you got anything else where can we find you on the internet uh you can find me at ray.how on instagram and yeah angus did the questions this week so it was definitely a little step down but we can come back. <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking but uh yeah if you have any questions you can send them in and yeah next week is probably going to be talking about some draft prospects so if you have anyone that you specifically want us to cover i can look into them yeah well uh, i'll post that on twitter there later today or uh, probably on wednesday i'll post that on twitter yeah. anyone that wants to hear about draft stuff we'll get you set yeah. up there ray uh, make sure you check out jetsnation.ca. We occasionally post, but not really. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it helps my bosses see that people go to the website. Also, thank you guys for subscribing. We've had a really good couple of uh, last couple of podcasts. So continue to tell your friends and family about this. This is awesome. Uh, finally starting to see the numbers grow. Ray, you are fantastic. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Angus Hout. Uh, if you see me kicking around with uh, either... Kiss 1023 or 921 City. Feel free to say hi. Enter it into win tickets. Have a great week. Peace yeah. and grace. Go Jets. Go Jets. Go. Jessica.